Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. In our last lesson of Seerah or Tafsir of the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through the Seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we looked at Bay'a al Aqaba al Ula wa Thaniya. We looked at the first pledge of al Aqaba and the second pledge of al Aqaba. And we said prior to this pledge, where the Ansar, they gave a pledge of allegiance to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it was preceded by Am Al-Huzn, by the year of sadness for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And one incident that happened during the year of sadness is that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, prior to these two pledges, went to seek allegiance from who? The people of Ta'if. And this was called Am Al-Huzn because they rejected the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by stoning him, abusing him. And it was also Am al-Huzn because in that year, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam lost his beloved wife, Umm Mu'mineen Khadija radiallahu anha, and also his uncle Abu Talib. And we said the surah that was revealed during this time, that was in line with this incident is what surah? What surah was revealed at this time? Surah al-Duha. That surah al-Duha, was revealed during Am al-Huzn, the year of sadness for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And after Surah al-Duha, the surah that came down, some of the ulama, they say it came down as though it's ma'man. It's as though a completion for Surah al-Duha. And what surah was that? Surah al-Inshirah. So now we're going to go back to the Quran and see what was revealed in Mecca during this period. What was revealed during this period? Now, after Surah Al-Duha or Surah Al-Inshirah, a surah came down which was also like a completion of Surah Al-Duha in terms of meaning. Because in Surah Al-Duha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He swears by Duha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wal-Duha. And what is a duha In our tafsir, what is duha? Huh? La. What is a duha what is a duha? A duha, the beginning of the day. So that's Salatul Duha, the beginning of the day. So the next surah we're going to look at, inshallah ta'ala, after Allah sent duha and inshirah to complete it, it's a contrast of the beginning of the day. And what is the opposite of the beginning of the day? The end of the day. So the surah we're going to look at is one which looks at the end of the day. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, well, duha, he revealed duha, then inshirah, to complete it. Then another surah to talk about what happens during the end of the day. And when is the end of the day? Asr. So the next surah we're going to look at, inshallah ta'ala, is suratu al-asr. Suratu al-asr. Because asr is the end of the day. So Allah ta'ala says about duha, then he revealed inshirah, to complete a duha, then he says by wal-asr. So the surah we're going to look at today, inshallah ta'ala, is suratu al-asr. And this surah we're looking at today, inshallah ta'ala, it's ironical that we've had all these incidences we've had today in terms of the microphone, in terms of recording, and in terms of many, many other issues. Because, ironically, this surah is going to speak about Ra'su Malika, the greatest capital which you possess in this world. The greatest thing you could have in this world. That if you don't have it, you don't have anything else. This is your capital of your life. And that is what? Al-Asr, time. The importance of time. And the Salaf, rahimahumullahu azza wa jal, they used to say, عرفنا قيمة العصر, we knew the value of time. 
when, when we started to trade in ice. Because in those days, there's no freezers, there's no cold storage. So they used to go out selling ice and they used to say to the people, Irhamu, ishteru, buy from us. Irhamu, man yadhubu man ra'su malihi. Have mercy upon the one. Please have mercy upon us. That our capital is dissolving and disappearing before your very eyes. Likewise, Asr, for those of us who do not take care of our time, your capital is disappearing before your very eyes. So you're not khasir, you're not a loser, but you're in total lust. So it's ironical today for us to know the importance of time. And there's nothing for anybody that knows me that angers me more than lateness and time. Time is very important. So the surah we're going to look at today is Surah Al-Asr. Surah Al-Asr. This surah, despite the few numbers or the few alphabets in the surah, not words, but a few alphabets, and the shortness of its verses, this surah, Surah Azimah, is a great surah. Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says about this surah, لَوْلَا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ حُجَّةً عَلَى خَلْقِهِ إِلَّا هَذِي سُورَةً لَكَفَتْهُمْ If Allah did not send a hujjah, an argument, a proof against his creation, except for this surah alone, it will be sufficient for them. This surah is one of the surahs in the Quran that has few alphabets, one of the four. Few alphabets and short verses, one of the four. And the four are Surah Al-Ikhlas, Surah Al-Kawthar, and Surah Al-Asr and Surah Ida Ja'a Nasrullahi Wal Fatih. So this is one of the four surah. And the name of this surah, as we said, is Surah Al-Asr. This is what we find in the Quran, Surah Al-Asr. However, this surah has another name. We find a book of hadith, like the book of Imam Bukhari, Rahimallah Ta'ala, Sahih al-Bukhari. And that is Wal-Asri. One of the names of the surah is Wal-Asri. And this surah, Makkiyah. According to the Jamhur, the majority of the scholars, this, scholar, this surah is Surah Makkiyah. And what is Surah Makkiyah? What is a Surah Makkiyah? Huh? La. Qabla al-Hijrah. A Surah Makkiyah is any Surah that was revealed before Hijrah, even if it was outside Mecca. And a Surah Madaniyah is what is after Hijrah, even if it was revealed outside Medina. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sulhudaybiyah, where did it happen? Medina or Mecca? The Sulhudaybiyah, Mecca. Jayyid? So this surah, it happened in Mecca, but is it Makkiyah or Madaniyah? Madaniyah, because it revealed after when? After Hijrah. So even if it's outside Medina in Mecca, so long as after Hijrah, it's Madaniyah. So this surah was Qabl al-Hijrah, before the Hijrah. So the Jamhur al-Ulama, they say it's Makkiyah. Except for Mujahid rahimahullahu ta'ala Who says this surah is surah al-madaniyah It's a madani surah Tayyip So the surah is called al-asr And it is makkiyah Imam al-Tabarani rahimahullahu ta'ala In his book hadith Related From Abu Madina al-Darimi Radiyallahu ta'ala anhu The sahabi who said, whenever we met each other, this was the action of the Sahaba. He said, whenever we met each other, we say to one another, Ta'al nu'minu sa'a. Come, let's believe for an hour. Faqara ba'duhum ala ba'din surat al-asr. You know what they would do? 
when they say let's believe for one hour, they'll read Surah Al-Asr upon each other. So the Sahaba, they believed in Ihya Sunnah, reviving the Sunnah. And revival of the Sunnah is not through reading Hadith only, the letters of the Hadith, the statement from the Hadith. Revival of the Sunnah is through what? Practicing the Sunnah. And that's why the Prophet وسلم, he would teach the Sahaba practically. So when it comes to the Salah, for example, the Prophet وسلم, he used to do the khutbah on the, what do you call that thing, the bottom of the tree, the stump. Jayid. And then the Sahaba built for him a member. And when he used to lead a Salah for the Sahaba, عنهم, where would the Prophet وسلم, pray? He used to pray on the member. Initially, why? So the Sahaba could see how he is praying. Practical implementation. So the Sunnah is to practically implement it. So they practically believed in implementing the Sunnah. The Sahaba radiallahu anhu. And the Sunnah was that they will say to each other, let's believe for one hour. Now the question we need to ask ourselves is Ahlu Sunnah. How are we reviving the Sunnah to look at our actions? Whether we're students of knowledge, whether we're teachers, whether we're engineers, whether we're business people. When we meet each other, do we revive the Sunnah? What do we mainly talk about? Is it about what's happening on the news? What's happening on social media? The latest thing in the newspaper? What's happening politically in the world? What's happening in trade and commerce? What do we speak about? What's happening in terms of differences of opinion amongst the people? Fiqh, do we do this and say, let's believe for one hour, as the Sahaba radiallahu anhum would do? And we also have to ask ourselves another question. Why is it the Sahaba, they chose Surah Al-Asr? Is it because of the reward based on the letters in this surah. Because the reward for each letter you read in the Quran is 10. If it was to be based on the reward of the letters, they would read what surah? Surah Al-Baqarah. Or is it because of the barakah, the blessing? If you saw the blessing, they would read surah to what? Surah Al-Fatiha, surah Al-Ikhlas. But rather, it's because this surah, upon it is built the fundamental principle, four fundamental principles, which your success, your profiting, your salvation is built upon. This surah is built upon it, the fundamental principle for at-ta'akhi, for brotherhood, as-suhbah, for choosing your companion, and also at-tanasur, to help and aid one another. That's why the sahaba, radiallahu anhum, they would choose to read this surah. This surah, for this reason. So they used to meet the sahaba, radiallahu anhum, and it's also narrated by Abdullah, uh, Afwan, uh, Mu'ad ibn Jabal, that he also used to do this with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Now this surah in the beginning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, wal-asr. Allah says, wal-asr, waw harf al-qasm. Waw is a letter of you use for oath, if you want to swear by something, wallahi. So waw is a letter that you use for making an oath. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, wal-asr. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the right to swear by anything he wants from his creation. As for the creation, they could not swear by anything but what? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Prophet sallallahu said, Man kana halifan falyahlif billah. Whoever wants to swear by something, swear by Allah. You could also say, I swear by my mom's life. When Nabi, I swear by the Prophet. La. Because it's to exalt. When you swear by something else, you're exalting it more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swear by his creation? Because who is the creator of that creation? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they say when Allah ta'ala says, Wal-Asr, is as though he's saying what? 
Asr and the Lord of Asr, the creator of Asr. So he swam by himself anyway. Jayid? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Wal Asr. And we also said previously in our class of tafsir that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he does not do any action, including swear illa wa hikmah. Except there's a wisdom behind it, there's a illa, there's a reason behind it, and also Allah does not swear by a thing except that thing has two issues. What is it? The greatness of that thing or the benefit of that thing. Either the greatness of that thing or the benefit that thing contains. For example, Watin was Zaytun. Jayid? Zaytun, does it have benefits? Olives? Much benefit. So Allah Ta'ala said, Wal Asr, due to the greatness of Asr. But not only due to the greatness of Asr, but due to what? Why does Allah Ta'ala make Qasr? Due to the Ahmiyatul Mudur, the importance of the topic. Because the word of Allah Ta'ala, Haqqun, is truth. Azim is great. It doesn't need Allah Ta'ala to make an oath. Jayyid, but what about the word of Allah Ta'ala which is true? It is Azim, it's great. And then it's followed by an oath. Subhanallah. And that's why the A'rabi, when he heard the saying of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, the desert Arab, Wattur wa kitabim mastur. When he heard the harf qasam twice, that Allah made an oath, you know what he said? He said, Man aghdab al-jaleel hatta halafa. Who has angered Allah to the point Allah Ta'ala has to make an oath to show the importance of the mudur. So the word of Allah Ta'ala is haqq. It doesn't need an oath. But to show the importance of the topic, Allah Ta'ala says, Wal Asr, He makes an oath. And this oath, Allah Ta'ala makes in this surah. Not only does Allah Ta'ala make an oath, it is followed by thalatha mu'akkidat. It is followed or it contains three assurities, assurance. Verily, verily, verily. Surely, surely, surely. Three affirmations. And where are these three affirmations? Wal Asr. This is an affirmation that I swear to you by Asr. Where's the second affirmation? Inna al-insan. Verily, mankind. Lafi, lam here is lam Verily, man is in a state of loss. So how many assurances do you have in this surah? Three. To show ahmiyatu al-mudur. The importance of the topic. Tayyib. So Allah Ta'ala says, wal-asri. And I heard someone reciting, wal-asra. It's wal-asri. Yes? Allah Ta'ala swears by Asr. Wal Asri. Allah swears by Asr. What is Al Asr? Al Asr, there's four meanings of Al Asr that have been said by the scholars. And in our principle, or in the principle of Tafsir, if these four meanings they don't contradict each other or negate each other, we accept all of them. So there are four meanings of Asr and they complement one another. They don't contradict one another. The first meaning of Al Asr is time. Time, general time. Just time generally. Zaman, all periods. It covers all times and all periods. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swear by time generally because time they call it dharfu al-amal. Time is the envelope of all actions. There's no action that takes place except within what confines of what? Time. Allah Ta'ala swears by al-asr because time is the wi'a, the vessel of trials and tribulations. So so long as you are alive. You'll be what? You'll be tested, you'll be tried. And if you was never created, would you be tried? Would you be tested? That's why Yawm Qiyamah, mankind, some of them will say, Ya Laytani Kuntu Turaba. I wish I was just dust, never created. 
So long as you're alive, you'll be tested. And when you die, you're only going to be called to, the, to account for what? The time you spent. So time, Allah Ta'ala swears by it because it's the vessel of trials and tribulation. And it's a good thing. Because if a person spends the whole of his life in disobeying Allah, being a kafir, a non-believer, and the last five to ten seconds of his life, he says, Ashadu an la ilallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. That small part of time, through it, he gains success. So imagine somebody that not just the last five, ten seconds, the whole or majority of his life obeying Allah, doing good deeds. Is time a good thing or a bad thing? Good thing. Because of what time? Because of what your actions, your deeds. Time is a good thing. However, Jarat al-Ada is become habitual, past and present, that people tend to blame time. People tend to fault time. And some people used to even curse time. That's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith Qusi Allah The son of Adam, he insults time. وَأَنَا الدَّهْرُ I am time. أَنَا أُقَلِّبُ بِيَدِيَ الْأَمْرُ In my hand is all affairs. أَنَا أُقَلِّبُ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارُ I'm the one that alternates the day, the day and the night. So time, one should not insult. The mushrikeen of the past or the adults of the past, they used to insult time. And they used to say about time. They had poetry about time. They used to say about time, وَمَا دَهْرُوا إِلَّا مَنْ جَنُونَ بِأَهْلِهِ Time is nothing إِلَّا مَنْ جَنُونَ بِأَهْلِهِ Time is nothing but like a bucket. You know the bucket used to fetch in water in the well? If, you've been, if any of you have been to the third or seen it on films or whatever, or TV. You put the bucket in the well, you bring it up. It goes back down, it goes back up. It said time is nothing but like that bucket that goes up and down, it does nothing but takes the people up, take the people down. Meaning, never make their situation stable. And it's in a blameworthy sense. It fills you up, then it empties you. It elevates you, then debases you. This is time. And they used to say, وَمَا صَاحِبُ الْحَاجَةَ إِلَّا مُعَذَّبَ And time does nothing to anybody that's in need إِلَّا مُعَذَّبَ Except he punishes him. This is how they viewed time. But this is incorrect. The issue is not the time. The issue is the people's actions. What you do with that time. And that's why Mama Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala used to say. As, as a refutation of this, what they used to do in the past or what people do today. He said, نُعِيبُ زَمَانَنَا وَلْعَيْبُ فِينَا That we tend to blame our time or the period we're living in. وَلْعَيْبُ فِينَا But the real issue or the real fault is us. وَمَا لِزَمَانِنَا عَيْبٌ سِوَانَا the time we're living in has no issues or fault except for what? Except for us ourselves. That We blame time even though time has no fault or no sins. If time was to speak and criticize us, was to speak, it would criticize us for our actions. So the issue is not the time we're living in, not the period we're living in, is the actions of the people. And Ali radiallahu anhu used to say, "Anasu bizamanihim ashbahu minhum biabaihim." People are more similar in their behavior to their period or to time they're living in than they are to their fathers. So if you look at people today, you say to them, "Subhanallah." In my days, I'll never say that to my father. And our fathers used to say the same thing to us. In our time, I will never have said that to my father. But the issue is not the time. The issue is what? The people's actions. 
And that's why time, even though it's mentioned, is the action of the people at that time. What has become accepted. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said to Abdullah ibn Amr al-As, bika? How would it be? Not when you're such and such a time. He said, وَكَيْفَ bika? إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي حُثَالَةً مِنَ النَّاسِ What would your situation be? When you were amongst the worst and most despicable of people. So it's not the time, it's the what? The people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He swears by time. Because time is like a vessel. In the same way, makan, a place, it carries or contains people. So, geographically, if you're in a certain geogra- geographical, geographical location, you cannot say it's going to automatically make me pious or impious. You could be in Mecca, you could be inside the belly of the Kaaba, you'd be the worst of people. And that's why they say, a makan la yuqaddisu shakhsan. A place does not make a person holy. So this concept that Muslims have, that you know what, their children are misbehaving in America, England, the Western countries, because they think it's just a geographical issue. Sometimes, yes, but because I action the people. I'm going to move my children to a Muslim country and that's it, it's a magic one, they're going to be better. Not true. A place doesn't make you better. Some people, as us as adults as well, the reason you find, not my classes, many classes, many Islamic activities, they're hardly attended, people hardly go to them, People think just to move out and come to, I've reached the peak, that's it. Khalas, I've done it. I'm in a Muslim country. It doesn't matter what I do after that. I'm in a Muslim country, we're here with our a Muslim country, Muslim environment, khalas, end. Full stop. La, your actions. So geographical location, the same way it doesn't make you evil, and it's the people's actions. Some of the Western countries, we know what happens there. But is it because of their geographical location or the actions of the people? The actions of the people. Likewise, time. Is it because we're in 2019 or is it the actions of the people in 2019? The actions of the people. So it's not about time, it's about the actions of the people. And that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he swears wal-asr. To indicate the issue as you see later on is not the time, but rather it is the action of the people. And this oath, it shows us the importance of time. That you should not waste your time. Time is great. Allah ta'ala, he swears by it. And shaitan, Lakum mubin is a you know clear manifest enemy to you. And one of the things that shaitan does with time is this. It makes you imagine when you're doing beneficial things, the time you spent on that thing is so long that you become bored. So for example, Salatul Duhr, which is not allowed salah. I can't remember what the Imam is saying. If the Imam was to leave Salatul Duhr and it was to last for 15 minutes, people will complain. I've been to a master where a brother left, and what's the sunnah of Duhr? Of course, people are working now and things like that we have to consider. But really, Salatul Duhr is long. This brother, Allah Barifi, he led us in Salatul Duhr one day. It was long. People were complaining after the Salah. You know, not only in the masjid, outside the masjid. Okay, he's led the Salah, it's long now, you're very busy. Go work to what you have to do because you're complaining, you're busy. They were outside the masjid too complaining. A brother told me once, the Imam, he left Salah in Algeria and he stayed in Sujood for a while. Right? Because the sujood or the ruku' should be proportional to the qiyam, the standing. So he prayed with the sunnah, implemented the sunnah, he said he sujood for a long time. It was so long, one of the brothers shouted that was praying, and Imam mad, the Imam is dead. And they, <laughs> he said, the Imam is dead. At the point, the Imam, faqihun, he realized, you know what, I better say Allahu Akbar before people start leaving the salah. Because when he said, Al-Imam mad, the Imam is dead, people start to stand up, the Imam must be dead. So people, shaitan, and when it comes to unbeneficial things, you could be there for so long, but you don't notice. 
So I remember sometimes you have a debate. This happens to me and many brothers. You have a debate or discussion with a brother after Salatul Fajr. Even though you say to yourself, Salatul Fajr, let me stay in the mosque, let me wait till sunrise, let me pray Salatul Doha, we're like, boy, that is long. Right? But you could discuss with a brother from Fajr until sunrise. There was two Taliban in once, they said they were outside the masjid, standing by their car. After Fajr, they said we spoke for so long, hatta uddina salatul duhra, until duhr was made, from Fajr to duhr. If you was to stand in Qiyam for that period of time, for night prayer, you will feel it. The shaitan makes you, oh, just too much. And the thing about it as well, even when we're having conversations, these long conversations, as soon as the time of salah comes in, the shaitan makes you think something else. You know what? After this salah, even though you'll be speaking for three, four hours, you are busy. You are very busy. You need to leave right now. There's an important message on WhatsApp. There's something on Telegram. There's a text message. You know what? You prayed. Your phone was on silent because of salah. Check. There may be a missed call. Even though you spent hours talking, never looked at your phone. There wasn't busy. As soon as salah finished, even Allah, Astaghfirullah. No, no time. Put bab in the bab at the door straight away. There's something, and this song we find with our youth as well. As soon as salah finished, pap, they're out. Like right, they're out. This is from Shaitan. The issue of time. Also, as we said in the beginning, it shows the importance of time, and the issue of actions is not connected to the time, but connected to the people, their behavior, what is happening. <coughs> the second meaning of al asr. The second meaning of time they say is Asru and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The period or the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this doesn't contradict the first one, which is general time, because it enters within general time. But some of the scholars say this is the period of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the period of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the reason they say this, does it cover all periods? Does it cover all periods? It does. So they say there's no contradiction between the first and the second. The reason they say it doesn't contradict all periods is a hadith in Bukhari in which the Prophet ﷺ said, The example of the similitude of the Muslims and the Jews and the Christians is That is like the examples of the Jews and the Christians. That a person, a man hires a people to work for him until night, from day till night. And will give them a particular reward, a known reward. So the people that he hired, they worked for him till midday. Jayyid? Till midday, till dhuhr. And they say, you know what? We have no need of your wages anymore. We can't work the whole day till the night time. You understand? Give us what we've worked for. We've not done any forces. So he says to them, قَالَ لَهُمْ لَا تَفَعَلُوا أَكْمِلُوا بَقِيَّةَ عَمَلِكُمْ وَخُذُوا أَجْرَكُمْ كَامِلًا فَأَبَوْ وَتَرَقُوا So he said, just work. Complete the day. You get your reward. The wage you agreed upon. They say, no, 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 no. We're going to leave. Don't pay us. خلاص. We go. So they're done up to Duhur. So he gets another set of people to come. And they work from Duhur till Asr. And they say the same thing. He said, look, only remains waqtun or zamanun yasir. A small time till Maghrib. And you get the whole reward. They said, no. They left. So the third set of people, they came and worked from Asr to Maghrib. And they got the reward of the first and the second. This is this ummah. That, your zaman, it covers all zaman. 
Jayyid. So they say Asr is the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And because the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, with it, you enter an era, an era, era of Tawheed, of Iman, that the completion of the message. In the same way this work was completed, the Zaman of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi completed all things. And that's when Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umar anhuma, as we did in the class of Riyadh al-Salihin, they went to visit Ummu Ayman. Ummu Ayman. They did so. Why did they go and visit Ummu Ayman, Ya Aba Salman? Jazakallah khairan. Barakallah fi. We mentioned this class with Riyadh al-Salihin. They visited her because she was very close to Prophet Sallallahu And also, he used to visit her. So in following that Sunday, they went to visit her. So when she saw them, she began to cry. And they said to her, SubhanAllah, Ala ta'alameen anna ma'indallahi khayrun li Rasulillah Do you not know that which is of Allah is better for his Prophet? Why are you crying? He said, no, I know that which is Allah is better for him. The reason I am crying, لِإِنْقِطَاعِ الْوَحِي That now revelation has stopped. And Umar and Abu Bakr also began to cry. So the zaman of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he swears by the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, why? We said he swears by something due to the greatness of that thing. They say, Sirru al-falah wal-najah wal-ribhu. The secret to success, to profiting, to salvation is what? The time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That in acts of ibadah, salah, hajj, zakah, in acts of mu'amalat, business, politics, anything you want to do, refer or reference it with the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jayid, you'll be successful. So politically, if you want to be successful, look at how he dealt with things and khulafa al-rashideen. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, khayru qurun qarneen. The best generation is my generation. Thumma ladheena yalunahum, thumma ladheena yalunahum. The first three generations. So if you want to look at issues, for example, to do with economy, ibadah, political issue, the solution is going back to them. And that's why when the Salaf said, La yuslihu ummah, nothing will rectify the last of this ummah except that which rectified the first of this ummah. So the statement some people make sometimes that that the Salaf, they're more knowledgeable, no doubt. However, those of us that came later, ahkamu, we're more wiser. And we're more aware of the issues. Ma What is knowledge without wisdom? Because many people make this thing, oh, you want us to go back to those days. Those days. You want us to go back to those days? I remember one time I gave a khutbah in a university. And we're talking about a particular ruling. We gave the ruling of the Salaf. And one person stood up after the khutbah, uh, yeah, after the khutbah, immediately after the salah, I'm sorry, it was a Jumu'ah, started shouting. He said, don't listen to these people, I know these people. They want you to go back to the time of the Sahaba. They want you to go back to eating with your hands. Like this. They want to go back to riding donkeys. That's what they, they, they understand. Don't listen to these people. They want you to go back to that time. Wallahi, there's no success. For this ummah, except by, that doesn't mean you don't ride cars. This is bid'ah in dunya affairs, but in religious affairs, political affairs, you will not be successful unless you follow that way. So even if you're going to have a laptop, computer, I don't know what, PowerPoint presentation, you use it as they used it, you'll be beneficial. So when you go to Medina, for example, where the country, they, they uh, generally, as a prince, they follow where the Salaf was Salih. You go to Medina, you go to the Madrasa, 
And you go to some other countries whereby they say we don't follow the word of Sahaba, the word of Salaf. You find technology, technologically, when it comes to knowledge, they move backward in them. I was surprised when I went to Medina. You know this Qaida Nuraniya, how they're teaching it with like computers, touch screen, iPad, this, that, that, this. And yet, they're on the word of Salaf. And those people that say, you go to some villages in Africa, say, ah, oh, this Salaf, you know, no, he wants to, and you see how they're teaching. They're still backward. So there's no success for this ummah except by going back to the time of the Prophet was Zaman al Khulafa al Rashidin. So they say, therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by the time of the Prophet. The third minute of Al Asr, they say, this is the time of Asr, the time of Asr. Because in the morning, that's when people they go out, what duha, the time of duha, they go out and work and so on and so forth. And Asr is what time? What do you do at Asr time? At the end of the day, the end of the business day, when you close down. You count your prophecies, profits or your loss. So people usually come back home and look at their profit and loss at the time of Asr. And when it comes to good deeds and bad deeds, Allah Ta'ala compares it to business, transactions and profits and loss. As Allah Ta'ala said, That these are the people that bought the life of this dunya with the price of the what? The akhirah. Their business or their commerce did not do what? No rib, no profit. So the time of Asr is when people count their profits or their losses. So we need to look at ourselves. If your time or your day begins from Dhuhr to Asr, you've lost that day. Khalas, the day is gone, all time of Asr. Buriketli ummati fi bukuriha. My ummah is blessed in the early parts of it. So you find people, most people, their day begins at Asr. If your day begins at Asr, what are you in? Khusr, state of loss. You've lost the whole day. The day is gone. Most people's day begin at Asr. Jayyid? And that's why in Surah Al-Duha, Allah Ta'ala says, Wa-Duha. And what did Allah Ta'ala promise of Prophet Sallallahu He's going to give you. Why? Matabadat. What did Allah Ta'ala swear with? Duha. In Asr, Khusr, lost. Jayyid? So Asr, let's say, is the time of Asr. Because this is the time people, they count their profits or their loss. Salatul Asr, they said the last minute of Wal Asri, Allah Ta'ala swears by Salatul Asr. And Salatul Asr, this shows us the excellence of it. Allah Ta'ala says, وَحَافِذُ عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ وَالصَّلَاتِ الْوُسْطَى Be mindful of the Salah and the middle Salah. So Allah mentions Salah generally, but He mentioned Asr or Salatul Wusta specifically. Some of the ulama, there's 50 statements concerning what's the middle Salah. Some say it's Fajr. But the most Sahih opinion is, is Salatul Al Asr. The Asr, Al Salah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, الَّذِي فَتَتْهُ صَلَاةُ الْعَصْرِ كَأَنَّمَا وُطِرَ بِأَهْلِ The one that misses Salatul Al-Asr is as though he's lost his whole family. So it is shocking and beyond belief that you find in many masajid, people come for Asr and it's them, it's them and not their children. And you say, what are they doing? They're napping. If their house was to be on fire and they lose one or two children, they'll be grieved. But your children are missing Asr and you're coming to the masjid, it's as though you lost your whole family. And the Prophet said, the one that فَتْحَتْوُ صَلَاةُ الْعَصْرِ حَبِطَتْ عَمَلُهُ The one that misses Salat al-Asr, all his actions become null and void. To show the importance of Salat al-Asr. And generally, as we said, this is the great mean of Asr. 
And this surah, it begins with one word only, wal asri. Just wal asr. And look at the amount of meanings contained in wal asri. And that's Imam Shafi'i, he also says, man tadabbar, whoever contemplates upon the meaning of this surah, subhanallah, be sufficient for him, wal asr. And this is a great yani, lesson, especially for the youth. And I'm addressing you and I'm looking at you individually, including Luqman, who's on his phone and making notes, of course. Yes, <laughs> I'm addressing you because Luqman is still a youth. Abu Amatillah is still a youth. Many of you are still youth. Until you're 40, even Sheikh Rashid over is a youth. He's a shabab. Jayid, until you're 40. That the youth especially, to take care of your time. And I say this because now we know, me, I don't know about Sheikh Suleiman, who's quite young. We know now the value of time. But those, but we don't possess it anymore. So the ones that know the value, they don't have it anymore. And the ones that have it, they don't know the value of it. So when you see your father on your case, or older brothers in your case, because he knows the value of time, but he doesn't possess it anymore. He knows now, or I know now, what we'll do, do and give up to have that time again. Because what's going to happen to you when you get to older age, you're not going to regret the time you wasted. Not just the time, so. It's not just the time you wasted, I didn't do this at that time. What you're going to regret, and I tell you from now, is you did not utilize what you had as youth, mentally. Because your memory at youth is something else. Memorizing at young age is like you're inscribing or putting something into a stone. What do they call it again, into a stone? Carving into a stone. So you find the surahs we memorize when we're younger, we remember it more than the surah we memorize now. Because we memorize when we're young. You're going to regret you didn't use that brain when you're younger. Physically, the energy you had, you're not going to have that energy as an older person. You're going to regret it. That you know what, subhanAllah, not just the time, I didn't use this energy properly. And that's why the Salaf, when they reached old age and they were still in good health and they were still looking up, they were still had their faculties, they said, we protected our limbs when we were younger. Allah protected it for us in the old age. They didn't become retarded. They didn't have dementia because they used their mind for the right thing. And when you get older, your memorization, they said, Kal khatti fil bahri, is like writing in the ocean. What happens when you write in the ocean? It disappears immediately. It goes immediately. Not because you're a useless person, it just goes immediately. So, hifzul waqt, importance of preserving your time, being on time. Be habitually, make it your habit to be on time and preserve your time. I asked Abba for an example of our scholars contemporarily. I didn't listen to the message, by the way. But I'll tell you, if I'm wrong, correct me, inshallah. He told me something about Sheikh Al-Albani, rahimahullah ta'ala. That Sheikh Al-Albani, when it comes to how much people preserve their time, and how they value their time, that Sheikh Al-Albani, rahimahullah azza wa jal, used to have a thawb. Izar. And that izar, for those of you at izar, you call it sarong, you call it longi, you call it ma'wiz. I wear it as well. When you wear izar, in the inside of it, there's always a label. That label shows you where the front of it is. Jade? And some of them don't come with this. And Izar is an art in itself, how to tie it. Yes, there's a Sri Lankan way, the Somali way, the Yemeni way. But you have to have the right position. Sheikh Al-Albani, he was said he had a line, a red line on it. Why would he have a red line? He didn't even want to waste time figuring out where it was. Just immediately to know where it was. Also, the second thing was a door. How did the door open? Pulling it out. He opened the door, pulling it out. And he got a carpenter to come and do it, pushing it in. Why? He didn't want to waste that moment to have to pull the door and that moment alone. Just wanted to open the door into his library like that. 
to show how much they appreciate time. Time is very, very important. Not only must you appreciate time, you must appreciate other people's time. But like they say, La ya'rifu fadla sahib al-fadli illa sahib al-fadl. La ya'rifu fadl. Nobody recognizes the goodness of someone of goodness or value except for a person who has what in himself. Value. So if you value your time, you value other people's time. So we look at the hadith, the Prophet said, the one who works for you, a'ti ajra. Give him his reward, qabla an yajuffa, before his sweat even dries. Appreciate time. We as Muslims appreciate our time, appreciate people's time. So when you look at Muslim schools nowadays, they want good teachers. We want this, we want that, we want ABC, ila akhirihi. And those good teachers should be coming to teach in these schools, right? Like I met a brother the other day, he said his only motivation working is just the money. But he's from an area in England called Birmingham. He said in Birmingham, they had an area, I don't know if it's true, it says rich area, Dudley. Right? He said like, kind of middle class, you get schools there. I don't know, but this is what he told me. So he said he was working there, and he was getting good wages. But, because he really wanted to be a teacher, he came to teach in the poorer areas, the Muslim area. He said it was so much more of a motivation for him. People knock on his door at night, the children involved in crimes. But they were paying him enough to survive, not less than what he could survive. And he did it happily. And he's come here now, and he's getting much more money. He said, no, that's it, I'm going back. I prefer to do something I'm motivated to do. But from what the Muslim schools are, even if they could afford it, they don't appreciate the time of these people. This is a major, major problem. You want the best, but you're not ready to give the best. The problem with the Muslims generally now is they want the best of things, but they're not ready to pay for it. So, for example, if you look at imams generally, and we're talking the West, forget here. If you compare what they're doing to the wages they receive, it doesn't equate. So the imam now, a'udhu billah, starts to do things on the side. And he can't concentrate on the masjid. And someone who has no good aqidah and he thinks a good thing starts to make ta'weez on the side. Starts to do some funny ruqya on the side. Starts to do some funny business on the side. And me and Sheikh Salman spoke about this. Why? Pay them properly. They don't pay properly. And people will blame him. No. That imam who you're blaming, who's outside selling and he missed salat or asr jama'ah, do you not think the same way you want your children to go to college and university, you want to pay the fees? Do you not think he wants that for his family? The same way your wife may bug you for certain things in the house, do you not think his wife bugs him for those things? He's a human being like you. You want people to be sincere, you want people to work properly, appreciate their time. Appreciate their time the same way you appreciate your time. It's very, very important. After this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the jawab qasim. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ إِنْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى In the next lesson, we'll move on to this. Allah Ta'ala. Any questions?